Should I do the out of context summary points? Yes, do it. All right. In this episode, we get attacked by coffee. We'll leave a baby with some chafed cheeks. And I completely botch a police interview. Thank you for coming back from our replay reviews. My name is Leah. And my name is Kathy. We are two friends who are here to replay, review, and analyze your favorite video games. And since Kathy has never seen the games before, it helps me view them through her fresh eyes, almost like I'm discovering them again for the first time. We hope it will be a similar experience for you. kind of feel like I lied to you. You hyped it up for nothing. It was pretty slow stuff. It was pretty <laughs> slow. With the exception to scene one, it's a bit better. Are we ready for scene one? Mm-hmm. Jaden settles in at the police station and gets to work while Ethan reports that Sean is missing. He's waiting for someone. And this is when we find out that Ari has games. There's like a ball tossing game, which is what we play, a tank game, and something else. Ari is pretty amazing, but then you have to think that something so amazing, yet only he gets it. Is there a side effect? So I guess Jaden is waiting for the captain, and he's on his way to a press conference on the origami killer, which Jaden listens in on. It's quite long, but the main information from the conference is... They announced the discovery of the body that we investigated as Jaden in the last episode. They say he likely drowned and is probably a victim of the origami killer. The orchid, origami figure, and mud-covered face are all signs of the origami killer. And they say that the killer chooses victims from impoverished areas so that the crime is harder to investigate. He leaves the press conference and finds a coffee machine, makes himself a nice steamy cup, and he has a reaction to it. I, it looks like it attacks him. <laughs> Clearly it was not good coffee, but did we need to be so dramatic? <laughs> if you compare that reaction to Ethan reading that poem that he opened, clearly someone has a problem. <laughs> or both of them do. Yes, one does not react and one overreacts. Okay, so back at Charlene's desk, the receptionist, I guess, she kind of guilt trips Jaden into donating a few dollars to some guy Larry's lieutenant promotion gift, which is a gold watch. And then she takes Jaden to his office, which she calls a large cupboard. I didn't think it seemed that bad. I mean, it's dirty, but it's a good size office. I don't, I don't thought he was kind of overreacting again. I know. What's worse is if he had, like, no desk and it's just... An empty room that's tiny. It could be a lot worse. Come on. I will want to say that something about the watch, the focus on it. I have a theory that maybe there's going to be some ties to politics and the origami killer. Because you have a watch and it's only lieutenants get it. Then you also know about the mayor's election. Maybe Mm -hmm. it has something to do with the origami killer. Is this guy even competent without Ari? That's a fair question at this point. I think in a couple scenes you'll see yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but as of right now, we haven't seen much. He's he just okay. used Ari even to play the game. Like All he's done is use mm-hmm. Ari and stand and listen and be attacked by a cup of coffee. So mm-hmm. I understand why you feel that way. <laughs> yes. 
valid. <laughs> but speaking of Ari, Norman Jaden starts to analyze the evidence so far, and the highlights from that are the tire tracks are from an 83 Chevrolet Malibu. Also, I drove a Malibu in driver's ed. And I have to say, mm-hmm. Chevrolet, fix it. Because it was the most uncomfortable car I've ever had the misfortune of driving. <laughs> Moving right along, about the origami figure, there's only one store in town. And then the orchid can be bought all over town. We also learn that the victims are all boys, 9 to 13 years old. They disappear from public places in broad daylight and then are found three to five days later, having been drowned in rainwater. There's always a railroad nearby, and it's always in the fall. The killer is likely 30 to 45 years old, white, smart, calm, determined, and has some free time. How does all this information fit into your clown theory? It doesn't right now, (laughs) but maybe we just need more evidence to talk about it. When Jaden is doing the analysis using Ari, we see a bunch of photos of the kids and i'm thinking that maybe those kids again we'll have to double check them but it does look like the ones that we see in the opening scene uh yeah we need to look at that let's do it now because it's gonna bother me i ah i skipped right to the butt (laughs) where are the children at come on now you sound like a creep where are the children at (laughs) Um, I guess that's a child. Okay. The sound bites for this. <laughs> I guess that's a child. Where are all the children? Leave me alone. Okay. Stuff um, that a clown would say. Okay, let me do a side by side here. Let me just go back for a second. Maybe. Let me. I'll send you a Snapchat of everyone. Okay. 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 First child on its way to you. <laughs> Okay, that is way too blurry to tell. So our conclusion is it's inconclusive. Mm-hmm. They may or may not be the same as the, the, the murdered children. After completing his work and exiting Ari, Jaden has the shakes again. It seems a lot worse this time. He tries to calm himself down, but he also... It seems like he's playing devil's advocate for himself. That on one hand, he's like, I, I got this, I can handle it on the other hand then you immediately hear him say like i need to take it before i pass out was it during the scene that you see this bottle or something in his hand it's like called tripto or something yeah it's the same bottle we saw when he arrived at the crime scene so now we have a word for this blue liquid it's tripto and it seems like maybe that's some sort of cure but he doesn't want to take it so that seems weird he does not take it and instead makes it to the bathroom where he splashes water on his face and He's cured. I feel like this is just going to get worse. That he's going to like start hearing things. And it's just what's the price of using Ari? Maybe there is some kind of backstory where the scientists who created this saying that. But it's not fully done. So what's causing this? Because it seems like Ari is causing the shakes. But then he doesn't want to take the cure. So something weird is going on for sure. We'll keep taps on it. And then Ethan arrives at the police station and Blake is taking his report and questions him on Sean. So he asked Ethan some questions and here's what I told him. That we arrived at the park at 445. That Sean was wearing a black coat and green pants. Do you want to hear what actually occurred? What the truth was? Was he wearing a green jacket, white shirt, tan pants? That's my guess. 
No. So a shirt was never on the table. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the correct time was 4.10. So I got that wrong. But in my defense, 4.10 was not an option to answer that question with. The closest would have been 4.15. It was not a black coat. It was a white coat. So opposite there. And the pants were, in fact, green. So I got one question right. Oh, wow. I got zero right. (laughs) Jaden walks up to listen in as well and asks him a few questions. And then by the end of the interview slash interrogation, did you hear that voice crack? I did. (laughs) First voice crack of uh, season two. There you go. You're welcome. Okay. His wife is like wobbling back and forth. And so far, why is it that the male characters are designed pretty well? And then you have this wife who looks like she's barely... Opening her eyes, she's wobbling back and forth. Yeah, is she drunk? Grief-stricken? Cold? Does she need to go pee? These are all potential options. Watch it and let us know what you think. Moving right along to scene two, a Scott Shelby gets a step closer to the origami killer. He arrives at a convenience store, I believe owned by the father of one of the origami killer's victims who definitely does not want to help Shelby. And, well, the inhaler saves the day yet again. It allows him to talk to this guy because he goes to the back of the store to get an inhaler. And then a guy with a gun comes in the store and starts to rob it. And Shelby eventually takes him down and at that point earns the trust of the clerk who just leaves this man unconscious on the floor, makes no attempt to reach for a phone. And he gives Shelby a shoebox that he received from the origami killer, apparently. Didn't he pull out, like, some, like, salamander, lizard-looking thingy out of it? I think so. I was going to say, it looked like another origami. Why didn't he give this to the police when they're doing their investigations? Maybe they had some evidence on it. Okay, so scene three. We are now some woman. And we witness what is potentially the most pointless Holy scene. Holy cow, Leah, did you read? Sorry, did you read my screen? I'm going to screen share something. You literally said word for word what I have on <laughs> my notes. I'm scared. I'm not I'm... joking. Do you see this? Word for it's word. Too small. It's too small. Let zoom me... in, zoom in. I'm scared. <laughs> zoom in. Right here. That's... We are now some woman. Okay. You... Word I don't want to. I don't want to burst your bubble, but that is the summary that I wrote. <laughs> oh. In the outline that I provided to you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I wrote that. <laughs> I literally, because I was thinking that, and I thought I wrote that. <laughs> We did, we did both say that it's pointless, though. So we are reading yes. each other's mind. This scene yes. is stupid. And how is it relevant to the storyline? Yeah, so let's, let's walk through the scene. Some woman is on a couch in her undies, jolts awake, and then she just starts walking around. There's really no prompt for what you're supposed to do. So I heat up some tea. I think I go on the computer... She leans against a window very seductively in her underwear. Nobody does that. And then to progress the story, we have to take a shower. Wait, before that, you have to take some weird pill. And then 
your face <laughs> is three inches from the mirror and you're just looking at yourself, touching your own face, your under eye bags. It's, right? It's weird. And then, yes, then uh, commences the AFFM, which is the almost full frontal moment. Uh, I guess extremely close uh, boobies are okay, but a lady pee pee is not. Anyway, after the forced shower scene, so far this game really likes showers and butts. Mm -hmm. This is why we track butts, because they're everywhere in video games. She comes out of the bathroom, and now there's, like, people in her apartment, and they left the fridge open. So here's where we need to pause. Who breaks in somewhere and goes for the fridge? I can only think of it as a red herring that they purposely open the fridge so you walk over there trying to close it and then they attack. But that's not like the case it. here. But Because that's, that's the only the... thing that makes sense. <laughs> mm -hmm. She then tries to go for the front door. It's locked from the outside. Wait, I'm going to say that before she makes it to the front door, she pretty much body slams into the door. She's not quiet about <laughs> it. She's not sneaky. No. And she contemplates whether she goes for her phone instead. But no, she just slams against the door and just tries to open it. If I was trying to escape, I'm not going to be making that much noise. I'm going to try my best to limit that. Yeah. A fight does break out, and in her defense, she's pretty good. Except for the fact that this is a dream that she soon wakes up from. After trying to... So... After someone <laughs> slits her throat in her dream. Yeah. And she's constantly intense. fighting from one person to... A second person. And then there's like four people in total. Five people in total in her this fight scene. At least two. Potentially mm -hmm. double. It's yeah. And so it was all a dream. So she dreamt take taking a shower. At least she didn't dream of her peeing. Do you have any idea what the heck that was about or any theories about what's going on? Didn't she have a gold watch on her coffee table? Is she a lieutenant? I don't know if the gold watch is the same kind of watch as the one they're trying to save up money for. Okay, yeah, it's a watch. It's either leather or gold, but it's definitely a different design. Okay, never mind. Ethan uh, starts to track down Sean, and he starts where he should have started a few days ago actually looking at that envelope that had the creepy poem in it. And he finds a locker key in it. He has to sidestep a ton of reporters, and did they really not see him? Like, 20 feet away from them, get in his car? I believe at a train station. Ethan is close to finding the locker when he has an episode. Do you think this is, like, PTSD from the day Jason was killed? Because he says he's not sure he can handle the crowd. And there was definitely a crowd at the mall the day that Jason died. I wouldn't be surprised if it's some PTSD, but I can also see this as like the beginning moments before he blacks out and ends up on that street. That's interesting because this is sort of like cause and effect, clearly. Mm -hmm. Like the crowds freak him out. But when he blacks out, it seems like it just kind of comes out of the blue. So I don't know how they're related. But that's an interesting observation. But going back to that letter, something about churches and so doing some own FBI profiling on my own, 
I'm starting to think that the killer is someone who probably was a churchgoer or something. He probably lost his son, depending on how early he started killing. Maybe he escalates it from killing kids around his son's age. And he probably went to a church or something. Not quite sure, but I'm starting to lean towards that theory. Back to Ethan's episode. It gets really weird. It gets, like, really weird because people freeze. And then when he touches them, they collapse. And then Jason's here with his balloon. And then it's just over. And nobody stops to check on this man cowering on the floor. People suck. (laughs) They do, honestly. So he finally makes it to the locker. And he finds a shoebox not dissimilar to the one given to Scott Shelby in the last scene. He then is in a motel room sometime later, and he opens the box to find a gun, five origami figures, an SD card, and a phone. He unfolds the first origami, which reveals a note that says, Are you prepared to show courage to save your son? And an address for Joe's garage and parking lot. And then he inserts the SD card into the phone. It also has a message that says, How far are you prepared to go to save someone you love? Five origami figures. Each figure is a trial. Each trial provides letters. The letters reveal an address. And then Ethan heads out. So, Kathy, what do you think the trials are? Is it going to be about how to become a clown? Because we do practice some (laughs) juggling. It's true. He did juggle in the first episode. Again, why is... Ethan not giving this evidence to the police that can actually potentially help save his son and also indicate that this literally is origami killer. It's not. Could be. If it is, then we got four days. It is. And we confirm that and maybe they can help him. And it's not like on the cell phone says, do not go to the police. It doesn't say that. Yeah, that's true. Let's go. Let's go through his mind. So he goes to a motel because there's reporters swarming his house. And he just wants to know what is in this mysterious box. I would, too. And opens Mm -hmm. it. And then you read those messages. Like, this is what you need to do to save your son. You have four days. You already told the police that he's missing. If you tell them about this, you risk them taking it. And you don't know what the rest of the trials are. And you can't fulfill them. So I see why he doesn't. But I agree, he should find someone who will at least work with him. Jaden starts his hunt for the origami killer by presenting his profile. He thinks the killer has nothing personal against the victims, but they are more symbolic rather than killed out of hate. And this is why he covers their faces with mud and gives them gifts of the orchid and origami figure. He gets a lot of pushback from Blake, who is just a giant turd. And I think it's funny because the one time that Jaden pushes back, Blake just crumbles and kicks a chair and yells, "Fucking asshole!" It's kind of telling how like, he's got a short fuse. So at their first suspect's residence, Nathaniel, they discover that he's not home, and Blake just kicks the door in, and Jaden says, "Uh, that's not entirely legal," which I don't know, kind of seems like an understatement to me. The interior is a bit questionable. I think Father Martin would like it, though. Don't you? He would. He would. (laughs) It's covered in crucifixes and candles and 
nothing else. But after observing the apartment, Jaden does not believe that he is their guy. Unfortunately, Nathaniel returns and finds the two of them in his house. Blake gets very aggressive with him and hits him. I don't really blame Nathaniel when he pulls a gun on him. I was definitely not going to shoot him as Jaden because, in my opinion, Blake sort of brought this on himself. What was Blake even expecting? Like, what kind of reaction did he want Nathaniel to do? Say, oh, yeah, it was me. Please stop kicking me. Jaden is able to talk Nathaniel down, but I would not have missed Blake at all. And they arrest him and they move on. But it seems the first suspect, they struck out. He's not their guy. Do you agree? I don't think so. I don't think he's stable enough. However, I do think he knows the killer. Again, with the church theory, maybe they went to the same church. Maybe he's lost a kid and... and He probably doesn't know the killer, but they're related somehow. Moving on to our last scene for the episode, Scott Shelby continues his investigation at the home of the most recent victim's mother. So he arrives at the residence of Mrs. Bowles, who is the mother of the boy that we investigated as Jaden at the beginning of the game. And he finds a note on the floor that reads, It's too hard. I can't stand it anymore. Take care of my baby. And then there's just a baby screaming and crying it's kind of frustrating that if she leaves the letter right there who does she think is going to find the letter and know the baby's there right probably better off dropping off the baby in a note to like a fire department or or a safe haven or just somewhere yeah it is an odd choice she does mention her mother at some point but says that she doesn't want to ask her for help anymore so i don't know maybe she would have come by maybe not either way don't do that Scott will don't soon do that, find her. <laughs> don't just don't do it. Scott will soon find her in a bathtub, thankfully still alive, and mends her wounds on her tiny wrist. That thing is as thick as a pencil. Mm-hmm. I have small wrists, and even mine look chunky compared to that. This game, one of the the episode lookbacks, I'll just say it early, is that the females are poorly designed. You have a wobbly grace. You have a naked lady <laughs> who has weird dreams and makes tea in her dreams. And then you have a woman with tiny wrists. It reminds me of The Wolf Among Us where it felt like every female character's face was the mm. same shape. <laughs> they yes. just changed their eye color. He then goes to help out the baby, Emily. And this is where he, he doesn't put any powder or do any wiping. Those poor baby's cheeks are gonna chafe. (laughs) (laughs) He helps the baby and then returns to the mother to question her. And she reveals that her husband disappeared after their son Jeremy went missing. And that she found a cell phone that she didn't recognize and tells Scott that he can take it. This looks like the same phone that Ethan has, right, from the shoebox. No, that one was like a slide phone, like without the like a ten key, and this one does. Cause I remember the that slide phone. I made a comment saying it looked like way back then when I had a slide phone. I remember those days. They are different phones, so that's interesting. If both phones are from the killer, why are they not the same phone? Why would they be the same phone? He's not gonna buy these phones in bulk when he kills why not? someone. I mean. 
uh, unless her husband is the killer and he purposely uses a different phone. Could be. It might not matter at all. This might be another Merlin situation. <laughs> anyway, he takes the phone and leaves. So he's got some good evidence now. Anything you want to say? Any theories? It bothers me that he doesn't check on her to make sure Emily, the baby, is in good hands. Yeah, that is a little questionable. She seems pretty coherent, but it seemed like mm -hmm. she was on her way out, and then he gauzed up her wrist, and now she's fine. Well, how are we feeling about our, uh, our current theories? Canaries, comas, clowns? We need more evidence first. There's too many directions we're going. Here's here's a <laughs> I really like the canary theory. So I'm I I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight for it. One connection we can make in this episode. The bird was in a cage. And when we see Sean, he's in a cage looking thing. There's bars in front of him. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. probably not a connection. Or it could be that the bird's fate is in the human's hands, in Sean's hands, and Emily's fate of making it is in Shelby's hands. It would be so much better if she had been wearing yellow. <laughs> okay, I think we need to move on. Yes. What was my QTE percentage? Mm, so... Quick reminder, last time it was about 95.95%. <sighs> Leah, if if only no. it was higher, it's no. 89.9%. No! <laughs> and because of that, that weird naked woman in her panties, well, she wasn't naked, but at one <laughs> point she was, she she could have survived the, the fighting if only you hit every single QTE. <laughs> I don't well, blame you, though. Here's the thing, you only missed three. It was not three. even real. I did only miss three, and the, the, the difficulty skyrocketed in that second. I was not prepared. You were supposed to hit, like, four QTEs at the same time, so I don't blame you. I should have just hit all of them at the same time and see what happened. And there's only about there's only about 29 QTE opportunities, and last time it was 74. Yeah. So, sure. Yeah. The controls in this game are designed to anger you, torture <laughs> your hands, cause hand cramps. They're so unnecessary, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of them are. I open the cupboard. Look out the window. Lean against the window. Sit on this cupboard. Touch your face. They're silly. Yeah, touch your face. Then take a pill and touch your face again. Nothing's changed. <laughs> Big surprise. <laughs> Anything else for you in part two? I promise part three will be more exciting. I really hope so. Uh, we've met everybody by now, pretty much. And it's confusing. Yeah. Because what the heck is that woman doing? Yeah, it's w that scene. I feel like they put it there just to make you go, huh? <laughs> or, hey, look, there's boobs right there. <laughs> Everyone needs a boob break in the game, right? Here you go. <laughs> or if you're a female, some side dong. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of gross, though. It just looked like you could see, like, some some pubes. Some pubes. <laughs> I, I, I regret saying that. I regret that that left my mouth. I apologize. But it's true. Go look. 
Not at ours because mm-hmm. I blurred it out of caution, <laughs> ab- abundance of caution. Is that it? Should we end this? I don't know how else we want to end the game besides talking about reproductive systems and parts and everything. <laughs> Re- reproductive hairs. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, we have we're to too, end it. We're okay. too old to be laughing at this. <laughs> Count us off, please. Okay. Yes, to spare the delicate ears of our listeners, I will count us off audacity on one three two one thank you for listening and don't forget to send in any questions comments or game suggestions you can find all our contact info on our website replayreviewspod.com or contact us directly through our site did we completely miss something are we way off the mark or you just want us to take a deeper look at anything from the game we'll tackle any topics you all want to hear in our season wrap-up episode we also have a reddit where we discuss anything we're curious about go take a look and let us know what you're thinking Our theme music is Condemned by Eggy Toast. They'll play you out, and we'll be back next week.